There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bed, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. I'm Emily. And here we are at the end of season 11, the most current season of Buffy. Yes, definitive. <laughs> what? I don't know what to say. Season 12, you said, has been announced, but there's been no, no. date given? No, there's been no announcement, but there have been hints that it's happening. Okay, so it's, none of what I said was right. Side note, definitely happening. But for right now, this is as up-to-date as we have for Buffy. Whatever, let's just dive into it. Let's blow this up. Sounds good. Because it's good stuff. All right. And, you know, let's go from that positive note to a sad note. Buffy's going off to work, and Spike, being the homeless bummy, is inside of a prison camp. They hold hands through the fence. Looks very sad. Everybody's very sad. And they walk off sadly in opposite directions. Spike away from all of the razor wire and Buffy to work, you know, being a security guard. So we find out from our not-so-much-BFF Ophelia Reyes. Secretary of the Supernatural. Yes. That we are currently working on some technology that can zap magic away from creatures that have magic. So for some creatures that won't work because it would literally kill them. But for the witches, for humanoid creatures who have basically human anatomy, they can be free from the prison camp as long as they agree to have their magic zapped out of them. And she says that they strongly recommend it, which Spike describes as the carrot, and next comes the twig. Yes, it's exactly what it is, a twig. Mm, well done. A log. Yeah. A stick, if you will. But later that night, morning... Who the hell knows? The shades Time. shades are drawn, so let's assume it's day so Spike isn't getting fried alive. Buffy, Willow, and Spike are meeting in a trailer to discuss their options. And basically, they come up with the solution that Buffy and Willow need to take this choice and leave so they can start working from the outside on how to break everyone out and stop this plan because it will absolutely murder Spike. Because like, he's dead if they take away the magic that holds his dead body together. You know, he's just a corpse. Right. And... At first, obviously, Buffy's very against it. Willow is surprisingly more on board with it, mostly because she doesn't see another way for them to get out, and there's nothing that they can do when they're in there. Like, absolutely nothing. So Willow gathers all of her Wiccan coven together, explains this, and like, you wouldn't let us down, fearless leader? She's like, yeah, no, I, um, I'm gonna do that. So you should all do that, too. Yeah, she says to sleep on it for not too long. When Calliope who's been making googly eyes at Willow and has a girlfriend on the outside, approaches her. She's like, why don't you do this? You can't let this happen. And And Willow's like, it's not that simple, but I need you to trust me. There's a plan, but I have to get out. I can't, I can't do it from in here. You need to trust me. Can you do that? And Calliope plants one on Willow's lips. And Willow pushes her away because Willow's like, hey, you still have a girlfriend. So, you know, I'm no homewrecker. I guess for except that time I was a homewrecker with Xander and Cordelia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say she was never a homewrecker, but... She was. She was. I mean, there were high schoolers. Who cares? Well, but anyway, um, so Willow has learned her lesson. So she pushes <laughs> Clive away and she's like, remember Linda. Side note, there's a very funny point about linda's on kimmy schmidt that's all it makes me think of okay cool. they're mostly in hr <laughs> linda from hr but she's like you know when we get back into the normal world you might feel differently you won't need me anymore and calliope gives her some you know bedtime eyes and she's like bedtime eyes yeah bedroom eyes bedtime eyes would be asleep closed it's bedtime whatever bedroom eyes she goes I might not need you, but I still want you. And she walks away. Another witch approaches Willow. She's like, so what's this going down? Willow goes, I don't know. I'll be in my bunk. Which I remembered from you telling me this, probably when you read this the first time and you came home and you were like, Firefly reference. Firefly reference. And I was like, what? So you told me about this moment and about the Firefly reference and neither of them struck a chord with me until I reread it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I remember this. Because, hey, if it's going to be a Firefly reference, let's at least make it a masturbation reference. Wasn't it Jane? Yes, of course it was Jane. Of course it was Jane. I get no credit for remembering what you said. Definitely not remembering the thing in Firefly. (laughs) Smash cut. Not dropping it. Smash cut. Yeah. AKA page turn. Days later. Technically, every page turn would be a smash cut. Smash cut. You don't need to say that every time we turn a page. You know, last Buffy episode, challenge accepted. That's fine. You don't need to accept that challenge. We, we got six issues to go. Miss Wise. Who's the... Press secretary. Yeah. 
is answering, you know, as you would press questions. So they've kind of bring up the things that we've already discussed of being like, hey, how could you enforce this? Hey, what about the beings that will die if you take away their magic? Like, you know what? We're going to deal with that. We're going to come up with a solution that works for everyone. Dun, dun, dun. I get to do it this time. Okay, great. Because you didn't. You had a chance. And you didn't take your one, I don't know, catchphrase. So smash cut. (laughs) Smash cut. Uh, Over to Buffy. And she's chatting with a couple of armed persons who we find out very quickly are Sam and Riley. It's nice to see them again. Riley's lost his eye scar. Riley was also, the last time we saw him, he was at a council meeting. No discussion of the council, so. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. And Buffy just starts yelling at them. Like, did they bring you here to twist my arm because you know that I trust you and you think I'm supposed to sign off on this? You know, I have a lot of enemies. If I take this deal, there are a lot of people who are going to want to kill me. And Sam speaks up. She's like, yeah, do you know who you are? Like, you've been fighting, you know, since 96 or 5. You are not defenseless. You kind of know how to throw down. And Riley, you know, weirdly not being terrible. goes, I know that you're really just worried about Spike. Yeah. It's so strange for Riley to sign off on that. I know. I know. He was not thrilled before. No, he wasn't. But I like seeing Sam and Riley together. Oh, yeah, totally. And I just like that they're just a unit. Like, they are two very separate people, but they are... Husband and wife, killing things and working for the military. I'm working on a theme song. Yeah, that's not a great theme song. (laughs) I think there's a reason that Sam and Riley, A, don't have a theme song, and B, don't have their own show. Okay, sorry. But Riley's like, don't worry about Spike. We'll just deport him to England. Yeah, he's like, that may be our best option for right now. Okay, great. Deport is maybe not the word that we should have used then. Maybe, like, transport. Yeah. But Buffy's like, that's not an answer. She's like, how are you okay with this? And they kind of, you know, give each other some quick side eye. They're like... You know, we have concerns and we voice them, but Riley says that, you know, he's going to do the best that he can and that can Buffy trust him? Yeah, because they're definitely still working for the government because they're military, so. But I mean, if Riley has a history of anything, it's betraying the government and somehow not being dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Man has a history of that. Well, he always finds himself between a rock and a hard place, and somehow cooler heads always prevail. And somehow he keeps once, on going back to the military. Once the hotter heads die. <laughs> there. They always die. Once everyone that Riley doesn't like dies. He's like, things are fine. Here. Everything's great. Everybody still likes me. My God, that's Riley's MO. Like, you know, I don't like this part of the military. I think they need to die. <laughs> but he doesn't actually kill them. He just waits for them to die. And they always do. And then he's like, sounds great. Here I am again. <laughs> Here's Riley stepping up. Moral high ground. Everyone I know is dead. Unrelated. We see that Calliope has taken the deal. Her and Willow part ways. Only for Lake, Willow's ex-girlfriend, to just sass her. Like, you know what, Lake? No one liked you. Yeah, because Clyde... You know who's better than you? Kennedy. Oh, yeah. I said it. Wow, that's a low blow. Yeah. So, because Calliope is like, I'll see you on the outside. Willow's like, call you. Yeah, Willow's like... Maybe text you. I'll call you. Maybe I'll snap you. And then Lake goes, hmm, noticed you didn't say you'd see her on the outside. Harsh. No one wants you here, Lake. Look at Willow's side eye. That is aggressive side eye. (laughs) This book is all about side eye if we've learned nothing else. And Lake kind of calls her out. She's like, you're going to take the amnesty deal, aren't you? Only to cut to later that night. Smash cut. Smash cut. That (laughs) night. And Buffy's breaking up a fight between a werewolf and a vampire. A vampire. Who's in his bat demon-y form. And the werewolf is like, yeah, I am going to take the deal because you know what? I don't want to be a werewolf. Which I, <laughs> I, I, I like was that. like, of course, good job. Yeah, the vampire's like, like, you're betraying our kind. He's like, our kind? I don't want this. I'm a werewolf. Nobody wants to be a werewolf. Werewolf. Talk to Oz. Their castle. What was that? Doing young Frankenstein lines. All by yourself. And Buffy breaks up with the fight only for the vampire with so many abs. He has a lot of abs. He's quite in shape. I mean, I guess they're on a low-carb diet with the blood, plus the starvation. Plus he's undead. I don't know. Does he need to work out? I mean, Angel does a bunch. Does he have to, though? Or does he just do it because he's bored? Yeah. Are you thinking about that now? I don't know. He mostly just has, like, you know, Tai Chi or Tai Bo. Two very different (laughs) things. Well, you don't see him, like, lifting weights. But imagine a Tai Chi-Tai Bo combo. (laughs) And whatever, our abolitious vampire is like, hey, you're going to betray your boyfriend just to be normal. You suck. And Buffy gives him side eye. Concerned side eye, though. Yeah. And, you know, once again, smash cut to later. There's a lot of that in this issue. I'm really sorry that this is really already an old trope to you, dear listener. This issue does do a lot of later, later that day, later that night, a little bit later. 
Still later. I know, I don't Every really need that. Pages. Like, once we have the scene change, I can kind of figure out that it's not earlier. But Spike does say full stop, and you say that in real life. Do you know where I picked that up? Every other second. Do you know where I picked that up from? No, I don't. Um, My friends that I lived with who were Irish, they would make fun of me every time I'd say period. Like, like if you think about it, because they call f- periods full stops, so you'd say something and be like, like, I'm all done with this, period. Like, and they would just... Snicker? Yes. And so I started saying full stop like they do. Anyway, it was easier. And now I picked it up. Buffy, Spike, and Willow are talking about the deal. And basically, it comes down to, you know, they're going to take the deal. Yeah. And Spike is like, you have to. I can't, like, I'll keep things together on the inside, and I need you to fix it on the outside. You know, we're really summing it up there. And Buffy decides that she's going to be okay, because she's kind of awesome like that. Yep. Fair point, Buffy. And then we cut to the outside of their trailer. <laughs> Buffy gives some scene direction. Spike is trying to give her a pep talk. She goes, shh, that's tomorrow for now. Pan over to the fireplace. And Spike goes, we don't have a fireplace. <laughs> and Buffy's like, do you want to get lucky or not? And Spike says, I'll just go set something on fire. <laughs> Fair. Which then, I really wanted there to then be like something actually on fire. But we didn't actually get that far. I don't think they actually set anything on fire. I know, but it would have been way funnier if there was just, like, small trash can fire outside. <laughs> and cut to the next day. Regular cut. It's a gentle cut. And Spike, in a hood, is saying goodbye to the girls as he sends them out into the world. And goes to Buffy and just says, I love you. Buffy starts to respond. She goes, I. Then, bam, finger to the lips. She goes, shh. Tell me when we see each other again. And they have a tearful goodbye. Did you get glassy at that? No, no. You get glassy at everything. Literally everything. No, that one Every didn't. slight emotional beat and you're <laughs> like, there's water in my eyes. It's just a quick sheen. Okay, anyway. So we go into a lab type building. The procedure room. The procedure room. Where there's a center thing that has a place for you to put your hand. And some sucking up mystical energy. Buffy and Willow both place their hands on it. It sucks out all of their power. And they walk away, you know, free as a bird. Even though Buffy didn't actually have to go there in the first place. Yeah, that was confusing to me. So what is... Could she just have gone, you know what? Nah, Buffy out. Probably not, but you know. Probably not, because I think by putting her in there, she became an enemy of the state. Yeah, so they walk away, both powerless, only for... Jordan. Thank you. You're welcome. I was not going to get there. Literally my name. What? One of many names. Not that many. You have four. So you have three. I have a normal amount. So? And Jordan throws Buffy her scythe. It's like, hey, don't forget this. And the weight of it knocks Buffy on her ass. Buffy's like, it's so heavy. I feel so empty. Willow's like, me too. And so they get on the school bus to go back to California. I think they're still in California. I think they're back to San Francisco. Oh, okay. I don't have a San Francisco song. I'm sure it's out there. Don't tweet at me. Don't at me. Yes. Isn't that, that a song thing? about, like, Left My Heart in San Francisco? Yeah. Anyway. And Spike watches them go to be continued. And he walks away, sadly. I feel like he should at least be smoking. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, like... his skin's covered, but he should be at least smoking, right? Oh, I thought you meant, like, physically smoking, like smoking a cigarette. Oh, no, I meant, like, well, yes, I think he should be physically smoking. Yes, but I guess they're both physically smoking. You're talking about a different kind. And then we move on to our next issue. It's so weird. This is such an up-to-date podcast that we're reading this from floppies versus a trade. Like, a trade doesn't exist yet. I know. And I'm not used to seeing ads and things because I'm so used to trades. Yeah. I was like, what are these? So weird. Um, I don't think we mentioned it up front, but, you know, we can do it now. Someone spilled something on this one. It wasn't me. It could have been me. It might have been when the dog licked it. The dog licked it? I think so. I think that's when you yelled at him to stop playing the comics. Oh, yeah, that's very possible. Whatever. Finishing the season with scripts by Christos Gage and art by Rebecca Isaacs on most of them. We'll cover it when she isn't. But we go to San Francisco. Buffy and Will get off of a totally different bus from last time. Yep. Now it's not a school bus anymore. Different bus. They went to a transfer station. We're going to call it that. Yeah, why not? Here we meet Don and Xander. They're still in this season. Yeah. Which is actually something I kind of like. I do like that the season has a focus on a couple of characters versus the whole ensemble, given how short it is. I don't really miss them when they're gone, but I'm glad that they're still around. Yes, it feels much more normal. Yeah, their relationship's back on track. Don't worry about it. Still a weird relationship, but whatever. So they pick up the girls and they're like, yeah, don't worry about those drones. They just kind of follow us everywhere. I mean, they're either being surveilled or Amazon's dropping off a package. I hope that's it. Everybody's just getting a lot of things from Prime. (laughs) We've been gone for a while. We need new stuff. Two-day shipping, yo. 
By the way, you know, I've said it on the other show. I'll say it on this show. F*** Amazon. They hurt small business. We buy so many things from Amazon. I Sometimes. <laughs> I don't have to like it. <laughs> okay, great. So they cut back to their apartment. <laughs> Buffy immediately takes a shower and then eats all the donuts. So I'm really with her on that. What's really sad is then Willow goes, do you want to eat that many donuts? You might get fat now that you're not a slayer. I know. <laughs> harsh. It's so harsh. I was like, nobody wants that. You just want to take a shower and eat all the donuts. That's all I ever want. And, you know, basically they say they're just going to try and lay low and keep pretending that they're normal because the drones are constantly watching them. Big brother and whatnot. Mm, yeah. So Buffy goes for a run after eating all the donuts. A few days later, she was feeling bad for the donuts. Yes. And she hears somebody being mugged almost, soon to be mugged. It's a big guy um, who I'm going to say more soon to be raped. Who's accosting a woman for being a uh, witch. But it has been a witch. Like, she had all of her power sucked away and she was barely had anything. Yeah, and he's like, you don't think that we know who you are? You're a witch. And Buffy runs up behind him and I in a very dramatic pose points up. She's like, hey, no means no, bitch. Actually, what she says is, do we need to go over what no means? Because I promise you won't like my lesson plan. Or no means no, bitch. This isn't Breaking Bad. I'm also not Jesse. Thank goodness. You'd have a lot more life issues if you were. Yeah. And this large male put up, you know, maybe 240, 6'3", something like that. Big dude. He quickly mentions that he's an MMA fighter and he knows who Buffy is. And he's like, you don't have powers either. So what do you think you're going to do against me, little girl? And Buffy's like, you know what? Let's find out. And the two of them rush each other. And Buffy, who still knows how to fight, you know, misses a blow, gets a few in. But this guy just kind of brushes it off because, you know, size difference. Yeah. Uh, the fight continues. This guy starts to beat the hell out of Buffy. And then she starts to fight smart, less direct fighting and more using his weight against hers. And, you know, just throwing him based on his momentum, which is 100% how you win that fight, which I appreciate about this art. Like, you don't win one-on-one. You win by fighting smarter. In this case, guy's got a ton of weight and size on you. You punch him direct, you're just going to break your own hand. Right. And lose. But she uses his weight against him, which totally works in a fight. And she's also, because she was in, like, running attire, she's in perfectly good fight clothes. I know. I really, Flexible, sensible shoes. I really appreciate it, too. Their hair was back. Like, we had a lot of things going for her. I was actually thinking that, that I was crossing the road the other day and my hair was down and it blew in front of my face and I was like, I'm going to die because I won't see what's coming. And I thought about Buffy. And Buffy manages to toss him on the ground and then gets real brutal real fast. She knows about the worst stuff that she can do to keep him down. Punches him in the... wailing on him. Well, before she even starts wailing on him, she punches him in the throat so he can't breathe. Then she knees him in the balls and then she just starts wailing on his face. And then the panel just turns red. Yeah, like Buffy's... Fists are covered in blood. She has blood coming out of her nose. A black eye is forming. And just this panel of rage. Like, literally, the lines across the panel are just, like, a... Jagged. Yeah, this crackling zigzag. And she has tears coming into her eyes, and she is just going to beat the hell out of him. And in all fairness, you know, what I said about size earlier, she probably would have broken her knuckles at least with the force that this thing is implying that she's using you can be strong you can be in shape but there's a point when physics also enters into it right and so she knocks him senseless and she just looks down at her bloody hands with this look of horror like what have i done she goes and stands behind a tree just crying that she lost it and she had not lost it like that not on a person ever really and not well, except for those couple of people that she killed, but, you know, Buffy's never killed. Right. She's killed at least three humans. We don't worry about that. I think more. Definitely more. She's killed a lot of humans, but the show is always like, Buffy's not a killer. Right. Actually, even this arc mentions that. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, she goes behind the tree and starts crying. Like, she's broke down. Like, she could have killed this guy. And she has all this, like, rage built up from being inside the camp and all this rage from having her power taken away. And she has so much just unbridled rage that she can still kill. Mm-hmm. Because Buffy is a mass murderer, side note. But we never actually mentioned that. Nope. And we cut over to Willow, who's doing a bit of grocery shopping. And she runs into Calliope. Somehow. With Linda. In a major city, just happens to run into someone that you it weren't happens. looking for. It doesn't. It does. It has happened to me. Anyway. And Calliope's like, oh, hey, by the way, you're right. I don't actually care about you. With the lady, bye. Yeah, she's like, it really is a different world on the outside. Bye, Willow. And poor Willow. Like, Willow was right, and she was right to do everything, but the fact that Calliope is just not, like, there's nothing, there's not even, like, I'm so glad that you helped me to get out, I'm so glad, like, 
how are you doing? How's Buffy? Like, I know, for as crappy as Calliope is, my reaction is Willow just should have gotten laid and at least gotten something out of this. Literally the opposite reaction of what you should have. Oh, um, (laughs) sorry. But I understand that Calliope wouldn't want to show favoritism in front of her girlfriend because, you know, yeah. But they went through a lot together and it appears as if they were in there for at least couple weeks or a couple months and so the fact that she just really brushes off this interaction with somebody who helped her so much in the camp never mind anything else but i don't know it just feels very strange it is meant to but i was displeased with that and i felt bad for willow for being right but also being unhappy everything's falling apart yeah and we go back to someone's apartment we don't really clarify anymore and Buffy's getting patched up by Dawn because she has a black eye, possibly a concussion. Her knuckles, if not broken, are bleeding. And Buffy's like, how long does this take to heal? A couple of weeks. Maybe. Maybe a month. That kind of shiner isn't going to go away overnight. Mm-mm. Side note, it goes away overnight. Side note, if it's the Godfather, it doesn't go away for two years. <laughs> There's a lot of issue with that. Why did he still have a black eye two years <laughs> later? It wasn't two years. It was at least a year. Anyway. So they're like, we have a plan, but we're not going to tell you it because... You know, suspense. Suspense. And also because they want Don and Xander to have the very, very true statement of not knowing anything, if anything does go wrong. Yeah. Well, it's like, when it goes wrong, I mean, if, if, if it goes wrong, we don't want you involved. You know, once again, with our weird timeline, it's kind of unnecessary. Days later. And everybody's still <clears throat> in the apartment, basically. Willow's playing on the computer, doing something. Xander's with the cats. Moping. Xander's with the cats. So Nobody many cats. has a job. When there's a knock, knock, knocking on their door. And who is it but Sam and Riley again? <laughs> I like Xander goes, oh, hi, Riley. Wife of Riley. She's like, yeah, I'm my own person, but I do appreciate your wordplay. What is that? I don't know. It's just a play on words. Is there something like Life of Riley? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, listener, feel free to write in. Correct us. And Dawn gets so sassy. She's like, hey, are you parole officers or friends? And they're like, well, a little of both. And then Buffy comes up. She's like, no, it's cool. We were expecting them. And it comes down to Riley and Sam are, you know, say it with me, going to betray the government. Yay! Surprise to no one. And they're like, yeah, we watched you on the drone beat up that guy, so that good. Was weird. Nobody really cares that you beat him up, just so we're clear. And Don's all excited. She's like, yay, no one's evil. This time, where's Angel? Yeah, well, he's in his own time. Ugh. Let's not dwell on that. Let's go back to this. And it turns out that Buffy and Willow have been talking to Riley and Sam about an escape plan. Don and Xander are supposed to leave the country. The two of them refuse. Like, yeah, no. But at the last minute, Willow and Buffy both have their own doubts about the plan. And Buffy's like, I'm not special, but Willow has always been special. She's really good at computers, and she always sees the big picture, and she's really, you know, friendly. Yes. And then Willow's like, I'm not special, Buffy. It's you who are special. You're always the one to get everyone on board for something and to help us all out. And and... go against impossible odds. And they're both like, I guess we're both special. And Sam's like, I think this is going to work. So there you go. And so Riley presses send on his burner phone. Once he presses send, there's no going back. And it's also weird that Buffy doesn't know who this text is going to, but whatever, for dramatic effect, it works. Yes. Riley hits send on his old-timey Nokia phone. Yeah, it's a burner phone. And we see two drones outside of the apartment, um, kind of at different altitudes. And out of nowhere, a hooded figure jumps on the highest one, stabs it, does an awesome flip onto the other one, crunches it, and then does another awesome flip on to the awning outside of the apartment. Yeah, under the fire escape. So many awesome flips and stabbings. And who might that be but Faith? Yeah, Faith comes in through the window. She's like, what up? Everyone down with the revolution? You know what she looks like? I was like, well, who does Faith look like? She's wearing this bright red scarf. Um, She looks weirdly like all the people at Comic-Con who cosplay as that guy from The Walking Dead. Oh, Negan? Can't you see it? Because she has a black leather coat and a red scarf. And she's like carrying something that's bat-like, baton-like. Yeah, we have a drinking game when we work cons. Like, take We a don't drink. actually drink during this game. Oh, you don't ever drink during cons? No. I've never brought anything in. I legitimately haven't. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> Remember when I got interviewed on TV? I was, really, I, I was really buzzed. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. We all know that's the only reason. <laughs> when I had to stand in for Winnie the Pooh because he didn't show up in time. Yeah. And how about like, the one day I'm not wearing branded gear. Also, I had a few drinks at dinner. 
Also, I was so sad that that didn't ever make its way to the internet. I think it did for like a day. We never saw it, thankfully. Yeah, whatever. If you're working a con, take a shot every time you see someone dressed as Negan or Harley. Two shots if it's a mashup cosplay. You'll be drunk in the first hour. Yes. But anyway. Anywho, unrelated. Faith's here. And Buffy's like, shouldn't you be in London? And Faith is like, I ain't getting anywhere near that book. Yeah, Faith is like, I like to be where the trouble is. And the trouble's right here right now. So I'm back. And Buffy's like, yay, I missed you. And she gives her a big hug. And Faith is like, yeah, way to make things awkward. And she goes, ah, a nice moment that turned awkward. Thanks a bunch. They decide that the plan is going to, you know, happen. We still don't know what the plan is. And but we do know it involves bringing the cats to the cat sitter. I do like that. that They make sure to take care of the cats. I really appreciate that. I knew you would. I knew that would be like your moment. Like, oh, it's been good. like two, two seasons of taking care of cats. Slowly in the background. And Buffy gives Faith the scythe. And it really reminds me of that thing in season seven where Faith is recovering from being blown up in bed and Buffy gives her the scythe. She's like, it feels powerful. It feels like it belongs to me, which probably means it belongs to you and gives it back. But it kind of reminds me of that. Buffy's like, I don't have powers. You know, it's a slayer's weapon. You you, take it. You're the slayer. Faith's like, works for me. I'll keep it warm for you. They all gather into an SUV. Minus Don and Xander. We don't need them yet. No. Willow, with her impossible hacking skills that she's had forever on computers that could never do the things that she says they can. Right. Whatever. But she hacks into the the security system at the internment camp, and so she manages to crash their system for a few minutes. Yeah, so no one knows that, you know, they have fugitives with them. They manage to get through the gate, including Sam and Riley, and they're like, hey, we have a Slayer with us. She's going to register as a low-level magical being. Don't worry about it. And so they do. They make it through the outer gate. Yeah. And Sam and Riley leave them, and they're like, good luck. Uh, We'll be helping from the other side. See what we can do. Yep. Then all of a sudden, Willow's hacking comes through. All the lights go down. Power's down. Riley and Sam crash through the guard gate with the SUV to draw the soldiers all away. And just for good measure, Faith beats up a few of them. And, yep, and then the girls jump over the wall. Well, they don't really jump over the wall as much as Faith is like, alley-oop! Yeah, Faith throws them over the wall. And so they go in to the building where they got their magic zapped away. Only to confront Jordan and some other slayers. Dun-dun-dun. Thank you. You're welcome. At this point, it's just expected. Mostly from you. I don't think anybody else expects it. Who the hell knows? Next issue begins, and then we have... Currently, at this moment in time, our last issue by George's Genty. Who knows what next season's going to bring. But currently, right now, his last issue, which is nice to see. Yeah. I, I always enjoy his work. Looked great. And like we said before in the last arc, like when he comes to fill in, while he is stylistically different, he is tonally similar, which works. They're both artists who are very comfortable with all the characters. Yeah, at this point. I mean, It's really awesome. They're old pros at this point. And Buffy still has her black eye. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And the other Slayers recognize Faith. And they're like, how can you stand up against us? And Faith's like, I fight dirty. And then throws a smoke bomb. And then she does. There's like literally two pages of Faith fighting dirty so that Buffy and Willow can run away to try and get their magic back. This is a small thing. I don't like the layout of these two pages. Because we see the smoke bomb. And then if we go to the page, this comes on a page turn, the page next to it, we still see the smoke bomb in both top panels. They both cover like the top 25% of the page, and it almost looks like a continuous panel. So when I went to read this, I read it in the wrong order because I was like, oh, this is just one long panel. But no, it's supposed to go page to page. It's just not good layout on a page, like two pages right in a row. Yeah, it just needed, it needed something to break it up. It needed, even just the top two panels don't have the the borders, normal borders around them. Gutters, if you will. They don't have a gutter. You have lots of gutters. That's what those are called. In your store. Yeah, I do. But anywho, Faith just fights everyone, only for Buffy and Willow to run away. They get to a door where there are two slayers guarding the door, and Buffy's like, enough of this. Tackles them, starts fighting. Blood is flying all over the place. This is a very bloody fight. Yeah, Buffy's Buffy... like vomiting blood or spitting out blood, unclear. Faith is getting a lot of blood. Faith is covered in blood. Buffy fights dirty too. She like pokes people's eyes. I, no, like she does a full three stooges on this. Yes, yeah. It's a good time. And there's a lot of blood. So Willow manages to make it through the door. She locks herself in the room with the magic extractor machine. I like that. It sounds like a metal album. Magic extractor. <laughs> magic extractor. And we see some just claws. Wonderful. Well, that was there before. We see some wonderful no, no, no. art. Oh, I. It's a. Uh, 
I see it now. I couldn't figure out. I thought it was claws, but no, it's just that somebody's punching the door so hard that it looks like metal claws because you can see the shape of their fingers in the metal. Yeah, I think it's great. We it see is the great. slayer just pounding on this metallic door. We see the shape of her fist every time she hits it. And the battle looks to be lost. Buffy and Faith are both bleeding all over the place, only for that same metal door to come flying and knock out one of the slayers. For Willow to return, she's like, yeah, I got my power back. Actually, she just goes, much better. And then quickly zaps the power back into Buffy. Thankfully, the power wasn't inside of her all along. That would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I mentioned this is a trope I don't like. It would have been super dorky. And... The fight continues. But now it's two slayers plus a witch against an- another batch of slayers. Not as, I mean, you know, they say that, like, oh, you're not as well trained. At this point, they could be just as good as Buffy. I mean, what, all the slayers got their powers in 2003? They've had some time to work with it. It's not like they're just fresh out of the gate. Yes. They have every right to be just as good as Buffy. So Jordan and Buffy are fighting, and Jordan's like, I'm going to enjoy this because I want to make this count for real. And Buffy is like, you know what? I'm going to beat up everybody. And then she beats up everybody. And including Jordan, who she leaves on the ground unconscious. And they all escape through Willow cloaking them. Handy. And they get to the building that houses the generator that's powering the force field that is keeping all the demons inside the safe zone. And Willow uses a fun new spell that I don't think we've ever seen. doesn't really matter. It also doesn't matter because all the rules of magic are new, so any of the spells can be whatever now. Right. She uses the Hammer of Gavanon, which basically is... A giant magical battering ram. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, big old blast of energy. Takes out the building, the generator goes down... And all of the demons come running out now that the force field's down. Led by Spike. Yeah, throwing rocks at people's heads. Makes sense. It's nice to have him back throwing rocks. Buffy runs to him, kisses him, and Faith just looks at him. Willow goes, still? And I love this. Willow goes, we're all pleasantly surprised. So are we, as the readers. I love that. I love that they're pleasantly surprised. And they escape in a jeep to find a cheap motel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where Don and Xander are staying. And Xander is staying under the name Mr. and Mrs. Irving P. Freely, which is definitely a Simpsons joke of I.P. Freely calling Moe's Tavern. Appreciate it. Appreciate the reference. Yeah. It's childish. And we see on the news from the Secretary of State that when all the vampires broke out, they went to a small town in Arizona and killed 2,000 people. We see Vicky the vampire standing over one of the dead bodies. And so Buffy's like, gear up, guys. We gotta go fix this. We can't just let the demons run loose and kill all the people. And then they were in Arizona, but somehow end up in Texas. So they go over to Texas to go meet with Vicky. Somehow they know where she is. And Vicky's well, hanging well, out under a bridge with all of her other vampire-turned-bat friends. I do like that they hang upside down like bats now. That's a new thing. It is. And they're in the shade. Vicky jumps down, and she's like, hey, it's time to settle this permanently. And she still has all of her vampire powers, even though it's the middle of the day, but I guess she's in the shade, so she still has them. Apparently that rule of, like, the sunlight really is very specific. And Buffy, Willow, and Faith all jump in to throw down with these vampires. But, you know, thankfully they're still conversing while the fight is happening. And Vicky's like, hey, did you see any blood on my fangs in that video clip? And Buffy's like, wait, no, I didn't. And she's like, yeah, we were set up. We were pushed in that direction, and then once we got there, they were like, we were herded like cattle and the then photographed and faith is you know a little uppity she's like hang on you're saying the united states government killed 2000 people just to have an excuse to dust vampires and vicky's like yeah kind of yeah. i hear they're not very nice vampires are the government yeah. and buffy believes her she's like all right i need you to take all of your vampire friends and go east vicky's like okay cool so that means you're going west what are you gonna do buffy's like can't tell you bye Yes, but Vicky's like, fine, I will trust you. And the whole point is that they get photographed along the way so that they pull as much attention away from Buffy as possible. Yeah, and Willow, through some findings, has discovered that in San Francisco, you know, back where they're from now, there's something called Project Pandora, or the Pandora Project, if I didn't say it backwards. (laughs) Either one. It's alliterative both ways. And they're going back to San Francisco to throw down... Three issues left. Gonna get there. And we have another fill-in artist this time, at this point, by series regular Megan Levins. And I know I've been kind of hard on some of her stuff before. And although I'm still not big on it, this is by far the best stuff I think she's done in the series. She is getting progressively better at her stuff. Yeah. And you know what? With that in mind, keep bringing her on. Because she's getting better. I'd like to see what she can do. 
Yeah, we're all about getting, I don't know, new talent. And we start the issue, everyone's back in San Francisco, diving underneath the water. Presumably Willow has cast some kind of spell so they don't suffocate because they swim for a while. They really do. I was wondering about that too. And they manage to pry open a grate so that they can swim in. To Project Pandora or the Pandora Project. Now I forget. Pandora Project. Okay. Yes. And they immediately come across a semi-robotic A cyborg octopus. It's a cyborg because it's an octopus augmented. Okay. It's a cyborg octopus. And they're like, this was really not part of our plan. It starts beating all them up. Spike, being an idiot, stop doing this. This has really been your MO this season. He tries to bite a metal arm. It's just weird. What are you doing? Stop trying to eat demons. You know it doesn't work. Also, why didn't you bring more weapons knowing that you were going into a fight? But luckily, Willow was able to, you know, zap, pow, bang this thing into death. Yeah. Good for her. And they walk into Pandora into the Pandora Project. Only to discover more creatures that have been augmented with cybernetic parts. Like a shark and a squid. A different squid. The other one was an octopus. More then, sharks, manta ray, an otter. And they're like, oh, so this is what they've been doing with the magic, or part of it at least. Yeah, they've been combining the two to not try and control demons and magic, but to make something new that is fully controlled and spikes like does this remind anyone of the initiative because it reminds me of the initiative and right when he says that a cyborg human man attacks them i know i was surprised that they didn't mention adam by name but they don't because maybe they're fighting a giant cyborg man at that point a different one's like we've done this and it's i know i just kept waiting for them to say like is this not like adam it's a different one he's more magical i guess he's more robot-y but he doesn't look all that well put together because we can see kind of like the sinew of where he's connected so they all just rip off all of his assorted parts including an eye and that brings him back to himself and he's like please like my name is rudy diaz and he's a corporal he took an ied that blew his arms and legs off and he just wanted to help his country but this isn't right and he shouldn't do this and he asks to be killed yeah he's like don't let them find me because they'll put me back together and i don't want to be put back together i don't want to be saved i just want to die and buffy says that she can't and out of nowhere spike turns into vamp face and says i got you does that mean that he sucked his blood I think so, yeah. I think he killed him. I mean, he definitely killed him, but I just would have snapped his neck. What's also interesting about this that they put no real focus on, which I think is a little bit of a missed opportunity, this is the first guy that Spike has killed since... Hang on. 1999. Oh, wow. Like, he's killed plenty of demons since then, but Spike hasn't killed since 99. This is the first guy he's killed since he got his chip in his head. First guy... Oh, I guess that's not true. He killed all those people when he was under the control of the first. Okay, he hasn't killed anyone since 2002. Okay, but you know what I did like here? But under his own volition, this is the first person that Spike has killed. I like that Spike doesn't have any hesitation about it. This guy asks for a mercy killing and Spike does it. It's not... I don't know. I just feel like there should have been a more focus on Spike's conscious. Like, this is the first time he's done it in many, many years. But, you know, it just happens and they move on. Yeah. Even if it is a mercy killing, you just feel like it would weigh on him more than it does. Yeah, you would think that. But also, Spike's been through wars. And, I mean, I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting moment. I thought it was interesting how little time they spent on it. I, it didn't bother me the same way it bothered you, but... Yeah, I just, I don't know. It was killing for, especially, like, going back to season seven when Spike found out that he had killed all those people. Like, it was a massive thing. Yeah. But this time he's like, no, he's dead. Got him. And we see Willow with a flash drive. She has hacked into their computers. And by hacked in, I guess, probably just turned them on and dumped some files. Bad use of the term hacking. Well, whatever. I feel like someone in the late 90s being like, I totally hacked things. Like, you just have Kazam. It's not hacking. Anywho. Anyway. And Buffy's like, good, because we're going to shut this place down. And there's a moment of concern of, well, aren't they going to know that we were here if we trashed all this stuff? And then Spike walks into the room. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, I let all the animals out and they're ruining everything. So good discussion, but they're just going to think the animals killed it all. Which is actually not a bad idea. He should have at least conferred with the others. He's like, oh, by the way, they're ruining everything. Hope we were done. So meanwhile, back in the hotel, Don and Xander are watching TV. And Willow comes in and does some research on a computer. And she... Evidently we made it out of there just fine, out of the Pandora Project. We don't really deal with it, but here we are. We're back in the hotel altogether. Yep. And Willow's going through the files where she sees that our, you know, quote unquote, big bad for the season 
is Celia Reyes and the press secretary. Which you I know that this that, season... You mean Ophelia. What did Ophelia, I say? You said Celia. Oh, sorry. Ophelia Reyes. Which I know this was planned out well ahead of time. But when this came out, you know, it was Spicer time, baby. So the idea of the press secretary being like, I don't know, a mastermind was a little far-fetched for me. Look, he was never a believer. He was just an idiot. Anyway. Compared to, you know, today. So moving on. Where we get both. So moving on. So they're like, they're like, the president doesn't have any knowledge of it, but the vice president does. And he's going to be flying into the Pandora Project to deal with the whole thing because he needs to be on hand for that. So we need to get a hold of him to figure out what's happening. We need to steal the vice president. We can't steal the vice president. Like, yeah, but we can replace him with someone with a glamour who is going to be able to be a smartass and talk on their feet with a bunch of BS. And they all look at Xander. He's like, well, I get to do something this season, I guess. I mean, can't decide if I'm offended or flattered. Either one works. Either one works. So we hop over to the hotel that the vice president's in. He is just stepping into the bathroom for a moment. And Willow is waiting in the bathroom for him. And she immediately magics him. Magic captures him. Uh, makes a glamour out of him for Xander. And she hides with the vice president. Yep. Xander comes out as a powerful old white man in a bathrobe. Uncomfortable now. It was meant to be uncomfortable then, too, just for different reasons. Yeah, he's a real Charlie Rose there. Ugh. Sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. Keep going. I say that Keep I am, going. I'm not. Keep going. Keep going. And the Secret Service comes in, like, we heard a noise, and, you know, Xander, as the vice president, just says, Sorry, guys, false alarm, saw myself naked in the mirror. Not something I'd recommend. Time has not been kind. <laughs> and they're like, you really need to get dressed, because that interview's happening in five minutes. He's like, right, interview. Uh, can I get some talking points? <laughs> so... Buffy and Spike, Faith and Willow all do their own interview of sorts with the vice president. They put a truth spell on him and they're like, tell us what you know. I do like the Latin. I know Giles said we don't need the Latin anymore, but I still like that it's getting used. Veritag? Or Veritas? Yeah. Yeah. And he just starts blabbing. He's like, you guys want to know about Area 51? I love Faith. She's like, I knew it! Tell us! <laughs> and Buffy's like, we don't have time for that, but also tell us later. What's up with that? Yeah, what is up with Area 51? I wanted to know too. And basically he's like, yeah, you know, I might be the most powerful one here, but I'm just here to get rich. He says, I can't tell you who the real enemy here is. And they're like, why? You've that spell on you. And he's like, I was magicked by somebody else to not say anything. Also, we're launching a satellite into space tomorrow that will take away all of your magic power. So nothing you do really matters. And then you know what? After that, it's going to be the world. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I just want to get rich. And Xander... As the vice president is getting interviewed, and they ask some very specific technical questions, and they say, yeah, we're with Financial Times. Our readers love technical questions. So Xander runs away, pretends to vomit. Willow pops in, switches Xander out with the vice president, erases his memory, and he's confused, thinking that he ate the governor of Colorado's brownies again. So, you know, marijuana. Yes. Whatever, I like the joke. It was funny. (laughs) It's always funny when we go, funny, funny joke. So we cut back to the hotel and we're like trying to figure out our next move. We're like, wait. So we don't actually know who is in charge. It's clearly not the vice president, but it's clearly above him. We need to try and take down the satellite from shooting into space and killing us all. Yeah, so the satellite is really our biggest issue right now. Not who's doing it, but what and where and when. So we're going to have to go deal with that right now. They come up with a plan. We don't see what the plan is because, you know, it's a Buffy finale. So they got to talk about it without us seeing it. We did this last season. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. Go back and listen to like two episodes ago. I know. It wasn't that long ago. That's yeah. so weird. And then the only page of art that I don't particularly like, Buffy looks constipated, quickly puts her head on Spike's shoulder, and then comes back up ready to go. But I'm probably explaining it better than it portrays it. See, I thought she was coughing there and I thought that it was going to be like... And then we get to our penultimate issue. By the way, if there's a word of this podcast. Penultimate. Because it's a great word and it should be used more often. And we see Ophelia Reyes or Cecilia. Whatever we feel like calling her at the moment. Something. By the way, it's Ophelia. Definitely Ophelia. Secretary of the Supernatural on TV. And Buffy's like, it's been her from all along. And whatever. And so they're like, we will find her at the Pandora Project right now. We go right now. And there are rabbit ears on this TV? Yeah. I'm not questioning it. So. They gear up. And they go to Land's End, San Francisco, where, you know, the facility of the Pandora Project is. Willow uses a little shock and awe. And by that, she blows the damn gate down with magic. 
Yes. And Faith's like, I like your really big blowy epi spell. And Willow's like, yeah, do you want me in this game? Because that takes a lot of energy. And then Willow melts a tank. That was really cool. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good tank She melting? liquefies it. And so Xander, he's like, from that time that I was a pretend soldier for a while, I think they're probably calling for backup now. I don't need your pretend soldier knowledge to think that, yeah, they're probably calling for backup right now. I... You know, it's not the comic's fault, but I always, always hated that. It's like, oh yeah, in season two, you were turned into a soldier for Halloween for like 30 minutes. And for the remainder of the show, like, Xander, you know about the military. You were a soldier for 30 minutes. I know. I always hated that. It would have made so much more sense just to call up Riley. Like, it would have been so much more plausible to be like, Riley, here's the situation. What do you think? And Buffy's like, all right, Don and Xander, you guys have the most important job. Get out your smartphones. They're like, good thing we charged them. And they burst in the room only to see Ophelia Reyes. And they approach and they're like, haha, you're the evil mastermind. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm not the evil mastermind. Only for and then them- they get blasted with green fire. Only to get attacked by the press secretary, glowing green and looking snazzy. Yes, and she's like, it was me all along. <laughs> um, Power is mine. Yeah. Faith's like, fine, I'm just going to cut you in half. Yeah, Faith's like, you know, I haven't murdered anyone in a while. Time to try it again. Feeling rusty. And so she does, except guts don't spill out because it's just... Cyborg! Yeah, we have a cyborg on our hands. Willow tries to set her on fire, which I guess it does, but it doesn't actually affect her at all. And Spike, doing that thing he should stop doing, tries to bite her again. He's like, oh no, it's metal. Just like the last thing I tried to bite. Right, we just saw that her insides were metal. Stop biting metal things. And demons. Just... Stick to human flesh. Or pig's blood. I guess, but you don't really bite the pig's blood. Anyway, so basically Ms. Wise is like, this is my thing. I took the magic so that I could put it inside of me. And I have built a place in my cyborg body to hold all the magic. It's going to be great. Yep. The government has it all now. Ha ha. And they're going to beat her up. She's like, oh, hey, guess what? Um, I caused the dragon. Dragon! So she calls the dragon back like a puppy. Yeah. And the dragon comes back. The dragon from the last arc that destroyed San Francisco. Xander and Don are recording it, and I just need to chastise Xander for a second. Because he's doing a... Vertical, vertical video. video! What are you doing? At least I knew what you were angry about. At least Don's shooting it, right? Like, you're not even using real cameras, but at least Don's gonna do the horizontal. Why is Xander doing vertical video? There is a dragon about to attack San Francisco. He's like, <laughs> worst angle possible. Oh yeah, here I am. Maybe the dragon was going up and down. You don't know. Xander's an idiot. Well, so he only has, I don't know, not that much going for him. I hate vertical video. I know. You've told me many times and now you've told our listeners. But Faith and Spike are attempting to attack the press secretary. And Willow's like, she's too strong for us. But hey, guess what? I have a plan. And this is kind of cool. Yeah. Once you gave all of the Slayers your power, you have the scythe. Guess what I could do? I can give it all back. Yeah, so she can drain every Slayer and put all of their power back into Buffy. So Buffy will be a thousand Slayers strong. And Faith is like, you know what? I'm not looking to die. So you go for it, B. And what's a little bit weird is Buffy signs off on this immediately. Cut back to season eight when she was super sad about sucking out all of the Slayers' power. But it was Whatever. Yeah. It was different because it was like the dead slayers and she was like a vampire and yada yada. Yeah. But just, you know, side note. Side note. And Willow and Buffy both grab the scythe and takes the power away from all the slayers in the world, making Buffy once again the chosen one. And she raises her scythe in power. And she's like, I can actually defeat you now. Yeah. One girl in all the world kind of deal. So they start fighting. Buffy literally cuts through Miss Wise's power. And she's like, how are you doing this? Buffy goes, girl power. Lots of it. So then Cyborg Lady is like, reign of death. All these things. And Buffy's and actually, like, this she, is a lot. She shoots through Buffy. Like, a bunch of different bullets go, bullets, magical bullets go through Buffy. And Buffy just heals. She's like, cool. This is fun. Yeah. The two of them go at it. And everyone else walks away. Like, Faith doesn't have her power anymore. Spike is like, we gotta go. We don't have the power to stand up to this. Willow rushes outside to try and conceal the dragon in a giant mystical net. Says, everyone, run! Even though she's high above, you know, the bay in San Francisco and no one can hear her. I'm assuming that she's magically amplified or that they're all wearing Bluetooth. Yeah. Miss Wise. We don't know her first name. Maybe it's there. Maybe we just forgot it. Yeah, either one. So the press secretary steals Buffy's scythe and tries to break it. Like she's going to break Buffy's power. Starts to look like it. But she's like, I can't wait to see what I can do. And Buffy just gets up being a badass. Jumps out of the way of her weird eye line. 
and goes, there's your problem. You want to know what you can do. I already know. And she takes her scythe back and she does some fancy scythe work. <laughs> scythe work. Puts Miss Wise on the ground only for her to zap Buffy away. And she grabs on to the mystical magic sucking tour. And then she sucks all of the dragon's energy out and puts it in herself. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. One issue to go. What's going to happen? Everyone dies. That's probably true. It's, it's not. They're, we'll see. We see the dragon writhing in pain, screaming. Willow's confused. She's like, did I do that? <laughs> She's like, I hope I didn't do that. And now on top of all this other magic that the press secretary already had, now she has the power of a giant watery dragon. And they're like, this is not what we wanted to happen. Spike bum rushes her and tells Buffy to destroy the machine when she quickly disposes of Spike. And, you know, Rebecca Isaacs doing her favorite thing, gives him a melty face. Yeah. That's kind of her deal. It's a good melty face, to be fair. She draws a lot of melty faces in this book. And Buffy's like, Spike! And he's like, still undead, barely. And Faith, being Faith, can't stand on the sidelines, grabs Spike, pulls him away, and the fight continues, but this time only with the addition of Willow, who's back, because, you know, the dragon's down. Yeah. Even with the added power of Buffy with all the power of the Slayers and Willow in there, they still don't think that they can stop the press secretary. And Buffy's like, hey, Willow, you remember when our powers were taken away and we felt empty? We would have done anything we could to get it back. Willow's like, oh, got it. Unspoken connection. And flies away for Buffy and... I, keep, I hate saying the press secretary. I also hate saying this wise. Evil magic lady. Continue to fight. We see Willow in the water shooting magic to something. And so Buffy just kind of keeps her talking through this whole thing so that Buffy doesn't just get killed. Because the press secretary lady could have really killed Buffy very early on after she took the dragon's power. And as she's about to be triumphant, the dragon returns, re-energized by Willow, pops in through the wall, and Buffy kicks her into the dragon's mouth. And she's like, oh yeah, you want the power? You can keep it, but the dragon's gonna get it back. And the dragon eats and kills her. Yeah, and she's like, meh. And then the dragon snorts. I feel like Buffy just goes, um, who's a good dragon? It is a good dragon. Yeah, it likes to eat people and snort. And Buffy is burned. She's lost a lot of hair here. Yeah, and Buffy face. also has a melty face. Yeah. So the dragon pops back into the sky and disappears. Yeah, he's not being mean. And they all return home. And it turns out that they edit together a video from Don correctly shooting it and Xander incorrectly shooting it. No one wants vertical video. Maybe he switched it immediately after We saw that two panel. different shots. No, we saw two shots of it. Okay, anyway. Trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And here's something I really like about this particular page. We see Buffy standing there and half her head is really, really short hair. And I was like, who is that for a second? And I realized it was Buffy because her face got melted off, which means that her hair got burned off. And I absolutely love that her hair didn't automatically just grow back, that it that it's a natural process. I don't know. I do think it's kind of cool having Buffy with like the half-shaved head thing. I think she looks kind of badass. That wasn't my impression, but... But I liked the continuity of it all. Yeah. And aside from the video that Xander and Dawn shot, which avoided showing Buffy and Willow's faces, which is weird because they're already internationally known. And also they were they were all over that. How did it avoid them? Somehow it was very clever. And so the president, it is the president, right? Probably. Yes. The president has some people that we know very well on national TV. He's honoring Riley and Sam for their heroic way that they stood up to what was wrong. And he's saying that all of the people who are responsible for the mistreatment of the supernatural beings will be punished. And Riley and Sam are now in charge of the supernatural unit in the government. And, you know, Riley betrays the government once again and things are fine. Yes, because all of the people who are against him died. This is how it works every single time. But he didn't kill anybody. He never does. And Xander's like, I wish we got some credit. And it was discussed that they didn't want any credit. He's like, we could have at least paid for Don's student loans. I'm kind of with him on that. Like, yeah. Good, good call, Xander. Like, let's have that happen. And, you know, we kind of close out our season for the most part with some exposition just kind of saying like hey things are back to normal like the supernatural is back into the shadows the whole like harmony's rules are gone the slayer is free to be the slayer again and they're like it feels kind of right that everything is back to the status quo and xander has a weird line he's like yeah magic's kind of like Times square it's one thing to wax nostalgic about it was dangerous and punk rock but the reality of it being that way again is going to take some adjustment except that metaphor falls apart because Times square is 
not punk rock anymore. They haven't reverted. Right. It's too crowded and there's a giant M&M store. Oh yeah, definitely. I made you go in it. Punk rock. (laughs) Chocolate. Hey, it was great. And there's a knock, knock, knocking on their door. I keep saying that for some reason. And who shows up? But Jordan and the group of slayers that were with her. And they beg Buffy. They're like, hey, we have our power back. We know that you can do it. We've heard about Faith going off on her own and kicking some ass. And like, we're really sorry for how badly we treated you and that we made fun of you and all of that and kind of bullied you. But we kind of want our power back now. And they understand like what Buffy is and that she shared her power, that she didn't have to do that. And Buffy is kind of a badass. And Buffy can sometimes be very petty, but she is not at all right there. No. And she's like, you know what? It was never mine to keep. You can have it back. Use it well. Know that I can take it back if you're not using it well. But I do love it's yours. This whole thing that she says. When I shared the power, part of the reason was because it made me just one of thousands. And I kind of wanted that at the time. Being the chosen one felt like a burden. Not anymore. The life I've had, the friends I've made, being a slayer is only part of that. But it's an important part. And then she goes, Willow, give it back, all of it. And Buffy gives all of the Slayers back their power. Also says, you know, you mess up, I'm taking it back. Yeah. I have the power. I'm also not afraid to wield the power, so. Yeah. And they all thank her. She's like, okay, cool, get out. And they're like, we, we're not friends, but we don't want to be enemies. And Buffy's like, that's on you. You figure that out. Like, I'm fine. And Spike kind of questions it. He's like, you sure you want to be the chosen one again? And Buffy's like, yeah, I'm kind of the best. Don't disagree. I know. The book is called Buffy. It's not called The Slayers. And then we finish this season as we finish every season now. Apparently this is... Also as we started this season. That too. With a rooftop barbecue. It's a new trope we have. Rooftop barbecues. Everyone has them. Angel has them. Buffy has them. Let's have a rooftop barbecue. Not right now. It's cold. Also, you know, with our slanted roof, if you will. (laughs) Xander's good at those. We can't. Yes, that's true. We literally cooked on the grill tonight. I know. Good job. What did I say? We... I made the dough, put it together on the inside, and took it outside. That's fair. Can we see Giles? He's like, I missed quite a lot. He's like, yes, I was undercover in high school. To be seen soon in my own miniseries, what I'm talking about. But it's nice seeing Faith and Giles kind of chatting it out. Like, hey, remember we were the best of buds? Yeah. And then possibly, we'll call it my second favorite moment of this season, because we're about to get to my favorite. I know we are. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're such a mess. Spike is talking to Willow and Buffy, and I love this dearly. Mostly, if you've listened to the show, you can imagine why. He's just see, he's in the middle of a conversation. He goes, and of course, the one vampire now going back into the shadows is Bloody Harmony. How she got Lin-Manuel Miranda to cast her, I'll never understand. I remember how excited you were when this first came out. Like, you, like, <laughs> tweeted Lin-Manuel Miranda. You showed it to me. Like, you were like, this is the best. Well, I remember I, um... I tweeted the writer, Christoph Gage, I'm like, love it. Like, what? I think I was like, what's Harmony cast as? I'm like, is she Peggy? Which I thought was the funniest answer. And then he tweeted back at me a much funnier answer. He goes, I'd like to think of her as the king. I'm like, better, better answer than mine. Funny. Harmony is the king. You were just so excited about everything that happened there. And... But isn't that... That's so much funnier than... Like, I thought Harmony as Peggy would be funny, but the king is so much better. No, it is. It's so much better. There's a reason (laughs) that he is a professional writer and you are not. Easy does it. I'm a paid writer. You are a paid writer. It's you. Yeah. 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 No one cares. Actually, Plus fiction. I guess. Tens of thousands of people have read my things. That's Easy crazy. does it. I know, right? No one should. They made videos of it. Weird. Even weirder. So anyway, we continue on to your favorite moment of the season. Spoiler alert. There's some definite not crying happening. Classy. Just that. Yeah, okay. Spike brings over some hamburgers for everyone to eat, except for him because, you know, he's a vampire. He's like, you know, I don't need to eat, but we feel a little bit, we meaning vampires, feel a little bit sick if we eat too much. But, you know, Harris's cooking has that effect on most. I love Xander. It's a fun callback to season eight. You're going to eat my vampy cat spatula if you don't show more respect to the chef, pal. Vampy cats are back, baby. In spatula form. Novelty spatulas. Who has those? You do. In all fairness, you use it for cookies. I don't really ever use that one. It's really good for cookies because it's thin. And so here it is. The last page of the comic. The last page of the season. If you want to have this be the end of everything, that's fine. I'd buy it. You would cry over it, too. Oh, glassy-eyed. Sorry. Crying. So Buffy and Spike are hanging out on lawn chairs on the roof and they're just chatting. Buffy says, I didn't forget, you know. 
and Spike opening a beer, as you do, goes, hmm, forget what. And Buffy just goes, I love you too. And then they're all bandaged up and look like a mess, and they kiss. And she finally says it, for real. Are you glassy-eyed again right now? No, shut up. You are definitely glassy-eyed again right now. No. I just love it. I love that it's been, you know, they've been together a couple of years. No, it hasn't come up. Spike hasn't been pushing it like he did the first time they were together. And it's real and it's natural and I love it. And, you know, end the show here. Or don't. Keep on giving me stuff. And, oh, I love it. I love it so much. So that's the end of season 11. Um, We were talking earlier about how we like that it's so quick. That there's not a lot of filler in there. And in other seasons that... This story didn't need more issues, but other seasons, if they had more issues, might have spent a couple on Giles. But I like that Giles is getting his own miniseries. It's not muddying this story. I think this is the best season that we've had. Or we'd feel like... Buffy. Yeah, or we'd feel like we need to give Xander and Dawn something to do to fill out an issue. Like This story is about Buffy, Willow, and Spike. Xander and Dawn, they're fine. Their relationship's on track. Don't worry about it. Sure, Dawn gets nothing to do, but Xander at least gets a thing. Yeah, and I appreciate that. They don't need to do something every second of every book. I think you said it last time, and kind of, I think you said this feels more like a movie than it does a TV show, which I agree with. I think that is the vibe it has. What I was thinking about that when I was reading through this, I'm like, it feels like we're into Star Trek territory now. Like, we're past the show. We're just doing the movies now. Like, our long-form storytelling is done. Now we're just telling a tight story. But I like it because we've had so much long-form story that I don't... I'm not questioning who these characters are or what are their motivations or am I finding a new level to them? I mean, I I do a little bit. Not so much that I need to see it change and grow over whatever the ridiculous number of issues there were in season eight. 40. Yeah. 12 is good. 12 things can happen. Plus two one-shots, three one-shots, 43. Yeah. 12 is solid. I like this season so much. This gave... You know, obviously I've been reading the stuff since it came back, like, kind of canonically into comic form. But this feels like such a shot in the arm for the entire thing. Not that the other seasons were bad, but it was just getting to the point of, like, you know, we're just slightly changing the status quo, but everyone's fine, and I don't really feel a sense of threat or, like, drama. This, they weren't bad, but... And the irony of this is going. we actually brought it back almost to the status quo of what the show was when it ended. Like, vampires are back in the shadows, slayers are back slaying things, and but it feels... It felt fresh. It feels right. It doesn't feel like the sitcom, like, here's the minor problem, and by the end of the episode, we're back to the beginning again. It's We've taken such a huge turn away from it and such big things have happened that to go back to the vampires being in the shadows and the slayers being their natural enemies feels right. My only minor gripe, and it is minor, because I can also understand the reasoning behind not doing it, is in my brain I was like, who's the big bad going to be? Who's the big bad going to be? Like, that is literally a term that this show coined, and I was waiting for it, and it never really happened. Yeah, and the it press was, secretary, once we found out- The government sucks. Cool, got yeah, it. Once we found out it is the press secretary, her little bit is wrapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, she gets eaten. Except that's kind of how it works. Like, there are very few Archaeuses that can pull off the- Which is fine, I guess. Multiple fight thing. Like, the whole, if you want to change the format up to tell a story, go for it. It just felt a little foreign to me. And my theory going into this for a little while was like, who's behind it? Who's behind it? Because that was kind of like the mystery that as you're reading issue to issue you feel. Because I assumed it was Wolfram and Hart because we saw them pop up in season nine and season 10 just briefly, just ever so to be like, hey, we're still around. So I was like, oh, who's this big power working behind the scenes? I bet it's Wolfram and Hart. Nah, wasn't. It's just the government again. But you know what? It doesn't have to not be Wolfram and Hart. It's not. How do you know? She doesn't ever say where she got the idea to make herself magical from. I suppose. Not in a terrible way, but just, it's not, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily count that out, but it also is kind of refreshing in a way that it's, that it's a more realistic. I, yeah, just things I love this season. I love the character durations. I love the tightness of the story. I love the art. Rebecca Isaacs is just killing it. Yeah. And even the fill-ins that we had, like, between George's Genty and, you know, even having Megan Levins in there, like, everyone's just firing on all cylinders. This was such a good season. And this book has been around since 2007 now. It's not new. It's literally been a comic years longer than it was a show. Yeah. And for it to feel this fresh was just such a nice treat. And it makes me excited for the future. Speaking of, I have a theory. Do tell. Well, I said it to you. 
with Willow taking all of the power away and then Buffy giving it back to everyone, I am going to throw this out for next season. My current theory is that after that, no new Slayers are going to be able to be called. We're going to be working our way towards the Frey future. Totally possible. <laughs> yeah. Totally plausible. It would make sense. Because the other thing is we don't know if any new Slayers have been called since the magic has been formed again. Yeah, we really haven't dealt with that either. That's true. So it might not be this particular having it being taken away from them, but maybe just that yeah, the, the new magic can't call new Slayers. I don't know. Because I think, you know, one way or the other, like the books have never avoided Frey. I mean, we kind of started ignoring that a little bit, like, after season eight, but there's, you know, always been that in the back of my mind. And I tweeted to um, Christos Gage earlier tonight, I was like, hey, so can new Slayers be called after the season? Are we working towards a Frey-like future? Or, I'm just, you know, stories haven't been written, so who the hell knows? And his response was... A cryptic. Stay tuned. So... I think that means I'm right, because I think if it was status quo, he just would have said that. I think it means that you're on the right track. I'm not sure that you have all the details worked out, but... Or, you know, it means nothing. Or it means nothing, or it legitimately (laughs) means stay tuned because we haven't figured it out yet. It could mean a lot of things. It means nothing. Literally nothing. But anyway, in all fairness, really kind of him to tweet back. Whenever I tweet him a question, he gets back to me, so hey. I know. I always appreciate that. It's very kind of him. Well, I try not to, like, abuse that. Like, I have millions of questions I don't. If I have a small thing, or like, who was Harmony cast as? Sometimes they're dumb questions. But... That is a dumb, but you know what? I got a funny answer, so I'll roll with it. Yeah, that's season 11 of Buffy. It is strong stuff. We don't know for sure that a season 12 is coming. Side note, we've had a couple of hints that it's coming, so it's definitely coming. Don't worry about it. And we have the Giles coming up pretty soon. But I guess we'll be back next week to finish off Angel season 11. And then after that, we're going to do kind of a wrap-up episode. And then... Retrospective. We're kind of on... Shh, we haven't said it yet. Oh, okay. There's a plan. Oh, I was going to say, then we're kind of on vaguely uncharted waters, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you <laughs> can say that, but yes, there's still a plan. So, anyway, um, but we'll talk to you next week. Where can you find us? Well, if you want to talk to us right now, you can go to patreon.com slash editorsnocomics, throw us a buck and find out how Angel ends. Side note... You can um, find out how Angel ends. Yeah. Keep going. Where else can you find us? <laughs> Sorry. I'll save that for next week. Editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to shoot us an email, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And, you know, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Every rating does honestly help make us more visible, gets us more listeners. Say hi to us. And especially, you know, now that, honestly, we're getting closer to, like, the full body of work at this point, people can now kind of discover the entire saga. Wow. Not of Saga. No, that's a different book. Brian yeah, K. Vaughn, he wrote that second arc of Buffy season eight. Did I ever tell you how much I thought that... It was Kavon? Yeah, that Brian, and then his last name was Kavon. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, but we'll be back for Angel next week, and then other stuff. So we'll talk to you then.